Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Flamon. <laughs> Author of. <laughs> yes. We were just looking at our list of topics and Pete goes, hey, did you know uh, we have two two-star reviews? And I'm like, oh, Flamon. Daddy's <laughs> going hunting. Well, you know what it is? I know. It's like red rag to a bull when Pete sees a two-star uh, review. Well, the one is – a couple of years ago, we got the first two-star review, and that's the guy that I cyber-stalked and just like nailed him to the wall. He repented. He did repent, or at least one of them did. Did he? I can't even. No, that yeah. was someone else. He but, became a fan. One of the guys said But he, But he didn't wrong. leave a review. The guy that you're talking about didn't leave a review. He was just like, I didn't like it at first. No, I love the smack dog. And so here, here's the deal. So only one guy had the guts to leave a review. The other guy just marked us as two stars. So I couldn't oh, cyber yeah, stalk yeah. him. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because um, our uh, our our podcast, you know, it's it's been going on for for a few years. You know, I absolutely lost what I was going to say. <laughs> hey, there's something new. Peyton starts a sentence and can't hey. remember what it was to finish it. Hey, a preview of things to come on this episode. Every oh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, you know, we we we've been going for a few years now, and we never ask like, hey, leave us a review. That's hey, Pete. No, I think it is supposed to do that. It's in the intro or the the outro. There's an automatic ask in there. Yeah, but we're supposed to say, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hey, if you appreciate this today. Why don't you click on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review? That'll help other people get to know our show, and it'll it'll expose us to a wider target audience so they can be helped, Here, too. Here's the thing. 
it's reminds me supposed to do. This reminds me of Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He had this to say about exercise. What if one day they discover that exercise does help you live longer, but only the amount of time you spent exercising? <laughs> so that's so bad. I'm kind of looking at this going, okay, right now we've got 72 reviews for the podcast. What if those were the only 72 people who actually <laughs> listened to this for the last four years? Yeah. But you know that's not true. No, I know that's not true because we actually do get to see our stats and they, uh, they're doing pretty good. They keep climbing. So they do. They yeah. do. Must be doing something wrong, Pete. <laughs> We're definitely not following the formula of success. I don't even know what the formula of success is. You know what, though? Like, that brings something up, though. I think people are getting tired of all that. I think people are just like, look, dude, I get it. I've been listening to podcasts. Like, this podcast, dude, is 2013. Did you know we're going to be five years old? No. Uh, it was, uh, okay, you know, I'm not a math guy, but 2018, we started in 2013. I would just like to point out, do you know... Between the two of us over the last five years, who's the one who misses podcasts? And who's the one for five years has made it a point? To be in- <laughs> Oklahoma! Oklahoma! <laughs> oh, you have to be a longtime listener to understand Oklahoma. That's like season one, baby. That's so oh, man. I was out with someone the other day. We were we were training church planners and uh something really I can't remember what happened and I said, I think I need my safe word right now. <laughs> and uh yeah. did, did they yell out cool. Oklahoma? <laughs> that would have been Well funny. they they said something pretty close to Oklahoma and I said, No, mine's Oklahoma. We trained the coolest team of guys. Like they, they were from the uh Pacific Northwest Baptist conference up there led by a game a guy named uh Gary Irby and uh they were so rock and roll man we trained them for North American Mission Board um just getting down and dirty with how to train church planners um we have a highly interactive curriculum and uh man it was the best week there's a different quality when you're with guys that are frontline in a difficult area and they're just trying to reproduce themselves. I got to say, it was like a shot in the arm. I felt like crap. I, I was sick. Um, I literally dude, last Monday. I, I had a sleeping sickness. I've never had this before. I don't even know what that means. I, I, you know, this flu, they call it the hundred day flu and I got it. And, uh, I haven't fully kicked it yet, but I've been eating vegetables, fruits, trying to, you know, get rest, do all the stuff you do. But I swear to you, last Monday, um, I literally could not stay awake. I've never, it was like, it was like, you know, if you ever seen the Humphrey Bogart movies, Maltese Falcon, somebody sent me a Mickey back there. You know, it was like someone put something in my water and drugged me and I fell asleep. I could not stay awake. It was the weirdest thing, man. It sucked. It was mm. like being old. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. So hey, you're I, I, just sitting next to me, right? Kind of like, uh, you know, what's the name of the movie we like? What was it? Wind River. Wind River style. Just sitting next to me as a friend just saying, I appreciate that sound clip. I love how that's become our, our thing back and forth. Hey, 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 no, no, no. Wind River, man. I'm right here for you. I'm right here for you. I'm just sitting here quiet, man. I'm here for you. So. 
paint on your face. On, on this death mask on, I'm here. On this week's episode of the Gun Planters podcast. So I have to share a I have to share a gun story because you know that's how I roll. Hey, hey, we've moved on from underwear and chargers and whatever else we've talked about. We are now, and it's funny because God's been speaking to me. I'm gonna let you share your story. I'll let you talk, <laughs> but it's funny because we were are, praying, and I was like, I literally, what God's been speaking to me right now is because I'm in between church plants and I'm starting to 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 plant another plant. Please and, tell uh, me God's been telling you to get a gun. <laughs> <sighs> Well, God's been that, telling you to get it. At least inside my head has been telling me how cool they are. I've been watching uh, Naked and Afraid. Okay. And people shooting bows and arrows and throwing knives at things. And that's, I'm still, dude, I'm still going to be a ninja, right? I'm going to sneak up on you with all my ninja tools. And you're not even going to have a chance to, like, grab your gun. So I'm going to be a ninja. That's what I've decided. But, uh, but yes, guns are super cool. I, I own none, so you know. I'm Did you see that movie me. with uh, Christian Bale years and years ago? It was like Equilibrium or something like that. Oh, you have to watch it. Like I don't know if it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Pay for it, rent it. But it it's a, a futuristic thing, right? And I, I won't ruin the premise of it. But he's oh, oh did he give birth to himself? No, uh, but <laughs> he's he's a. Um, He's like this he, he's the equivalent of the police and they have uh they've advanced martial arts with oh. guns to the point where like every move is like you've got the highest percentage of chance that if you do this move you're going to you're going to shoot the person and if you move this way if they have a gun they'll miss you but you can still How have I never seen this? It oh, sounds dude, rad. It's it's awesome. Find it's, out the name for me. I think it's Equilibrium. I think I that's think what it's I'm called. watching it tonight. I think you should. I think you should. It's good. Henry's out writing tonight. I think I yeah, I'm writing that tonight. Yeah, it it was pretty good. So so uh okay so so here's the deal um I know you're going to tell your gun story but it was funny cuz I was just praying like so God's been speaking to me recently about just kind of opening up my um just my heart to wherever I'm at being a blessing praying for people like it's weird when you've been ministering and you've been mobilizing people through a church and suddenly you're in no man's land and so God's really been speaking to me about just wherever I go being switched on and it's weird, man. Like people were being drawn to me. Like I, I took these guys I was training with, my teammates. Um, I took them to this taco shop and, uh, this guy just kept coming over our table, a guy who worked there. And we got a chance to talk to him and he used to go to church and on and on. But it's, it's like the quickening, man. I'm just having like people constantly drawn. So I've been spreading this like with everyone I'm talking to. And right before I'm like, so Lord, like, you know, make Pete a blessing wherever he goes. And we're, we're praying for this podcast that hopefully we would be a blessing to you. And then at the end, after I say amen, I go, you know, like, you know, Pete hands a, a box of ammo to the guy next to him on the gun range, you know, like in the name of Jesus. <laughs> he goes, that's what happened yesterday. So that wasn't your story, right? No, no. And it was slightly different. But anyway. So yeah, well, you just got to grunt. You can't do that. You just got to be like, mm. Mm, here i i gave it with a hug i said hey man <laughs> i love you man <laughs> yeah we're brothers <laughs> no so um all right so this this is actually for me this is a really cool story 
For those who've been listening to the podcast the last few months, you know, I've, I've taken up a new hobby. You know, we all got to have our hobbies. And so mine just happens to be shooting. And, uh, so I, I really, I, I'm trying to get really good with, uh, with one specific handgun that I've got. And, uh, I've put what's called a, a red dot on top of it, an RMR. And, uh, for those of you who know, it's a, a Trigicon, uh, RM06. And, uh, that's a 3.25 MOA for, for all of my, uh, my, my gun friends. And so anyway, I, I went, it's like a foreign language. I know. Uh, and by the way, that was French for, I have hunger for cheese. And so last Wednesday, I'm like, I'm, I'm you have to cite it in <clears throat> like when you get a, a, um, a site of any type, an optic, you got to cite it in and, and, you know, you got to get the whole thing set up and. It's going to be different for each person because of how we, you know, we sit and hold the gun and all that jazz. And so, um, I was sighting it in and I, I was like, okay, I nailed it. Right. I, I got this thing sighted in and, uh, and I'd already shot maybe, I don't know, 250 rounds and I had my last 50 rounds to go. And I just thought, you know what? The particular targets that I've got, they're called splatter targets, and they've got these stickers at the top, so I can put a a dot on a different area of the target, and that way I don't have to change out the target. I can still use it, and uh, you know, because you just now aim for the new dot that you stuck on it. And I'm not kidding, man. Eight out of ten shots for the next five magazines, because here in California we've got ten round magazines. It's ridiculous, I know. Eight out of ten. I'm not kidding you. Every one of those rounds, well, eight out of ten of them, were going through a one-inch square. That's I, rad. I dude. was like, "What is going on? Did the quickening just happen to me?" <laughs> and like, I'm like, "Let me try this dot over here," and it was the same thing. Like, I was like, <clears throat> "Like RoboCop, dude, dude. I'm on." <laughs> like, RoboCop, what's bugging you? Drugs, drugs bug me. I'm like, how could I be out of ammo at this point, man? I need to keep going because I've never done this so so well before. And so, anyway, um, so yesterday I was taking a a fellow friend of ours, a, a pastor, to the range. Uh, he just happened to pick up a, a new firearm and, and needed to to go shoot it. And so, <laughs> on the two year anniversary of his church plant, he was he was celebrating yesterday. And, and let me tell you, I gave him even more reason to celebrate. <laughs> it was. This is our first time ever meeting. So how do you meet Pete? Uh, I show up to go shooting. <laughs> Isn't he rad? Oh, yeah. I told uh, my wife, I was telling her, hey, it's too. She goes, we should have been there. She's like, I'll bend over backwards to support that guy. He's rad. Yeah. He's a rad church planner. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. So, yeah, we went to the range. And even yesterday, I was I was still doing good. I was not as on as I was uh, last Wednesday night. But then, you know, we were almost done shooting and uh no i won't even go there but it was fun <laughs> just leave it at that it was fun it was it was what what, a, what? a good time was had by all what? <laughs> i i wanted to well like we had like pretty well like i have these 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 splatter targets that have like a silhouette and it's got uh you know three different basically head silhouettes that way you can get really good at the headshot which is kind of, that's why i was kind of like oh you're 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 worried you're gonna creep people out they're already look if they're, it's sensitive, a silhouette. they're already creeped out that you're a gun-toting christian that's all already freaked them out oh i'm gun-toting <laughs> you're gun-toting dude i sent you that that text i got my ccw for arizona and i'm like 
I'm good to carry a weapon in 33 states. Too bad the one I live in isn't one of them. <laughs> no kidding, right? So I don't want to fly anywhere anymore. I want to drive. I want to drive to Florida. <laughs> so that way I can carry a gun through half the country. Through all those states? Yeah. That's right. So, um, yeah, no. So at, at the end of the, I mean, we were down to like the last couple of, uh, of magazines, you know, maybe 20, 30 rounds. And so I'm like, all right, I need a new spot on the target to shoot at. So I'm like, I'll shoot at the neck because there's no bullet holes in the neck. And then all of a sudden, you know, I've made a pretty good size hole. And I'm like, hey, I wonder if I can just kind of like <laughs> chop off the head <laughs> using using the, you know, just shots. And I got pretty close. And then the guy I was shooting with, it's his first time shooting in years. And he goes out there and he like picks up where I left off and almost finishes off the head. I was like, dude, wow. He's like naturally good at it. Wow. I know. Don't mess with him. Well, you know what? I, I now understand why you would have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried. Yeah, but you can't do that. Like we're equally as bad. If I start a story and stop it, you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Dude, it was. Hey, fun. welcome to the Church Planner Podcast today, guys. Um, this is called Smack Talk. If you're new, uh, you're probably gone already. So you know, we we talk smack for about thirty minutes, about half the podcast. <laughs> and uh, you know those podcasts where people are like, "It's just the right length for my drive home." Yeah, you're weird. I don't know why it has to be that way. Pick up, <laughs> pick up. You know, listen, listen to half on the way there. Listen to the other half on the way back. What's wrong with you? There you you go. need a new podcast every drive. Who needs a Whatever. serious topic on the way to work? You need it on the way home, but the way in, you just need levity right. in your life. Right. I, I actually think that on the way in, it's like you start the podcast on your drive home, so you're laughing. And then on your way in, when you're all serious, well, maybe, you know, I guess that's temperamental. Some people probably need the opposite. Well, that's why yeah, I was given that. Rule. You're the morning person and I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, I what? am. I'd want to like cognate and think and, you know, kind of masticate on it, you know, chew on it a bit on the way in. And on the way home, I'd be like, oh, you know, like I'm almost falling asleep. Make me laugh. So I'd be listening to him like. Almost like the Jewish people have the Sabbath, where the Sabbath technically starts on Friday night and ends like at sundown on Saturday. That's how I'd break this podcast up. But the rest of you, like, I don't get that. It's just the right length for my drive home. I'm like, you think that's good because you heard someone else say it. Uh, okay, I'm getting a little defensive. <laughs> so what I'm, is I'm today's like, topic? We're like the Bizarro podcast if you're into Superman. My podcast, I'm good. You need to tell them what today's topic is. Today's topic is encouragement. Brought to you by the sponsors. Um, I think we have one. Oh, oh. Brought to you by Regal Cinema Church. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, which one is it again? Mm -hmm. Which one? What was it? No, I talked to one. No, that was the other guy I talked to this week. So uh, Regal Cinemas Church. Hey, guys, if you're uh, – <laughs> he's going to advertising. Books. Hey, you know, I don't uh, – okay, if you're meeting in a public place, you're meeting in a school, you know, you don't have your own building, maybe your options are limited, but Regal Cinemas opens up their cinemas or their theaters on Sunday mornings because, let's face it, no one really goes to movies on Sunday mornings. Maybe that's because Regal Cinemas doesn't show movies on Sunday mornings. But they do open their doors for churches to meet there. So if you want to meet in a place where people are already trafficking rather than 
trying to get people to traffic in a place like a community center or a library, check out corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater dash church. When you type in theater, make sure it's T-H-E-A-T-R-E dash church. Again, that is corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater dash church. So uh, one final uh, gun-toting story. We're, we're leaving the range yesterday, and uh, we're checking out. And so you know who I'm there with. I'm there with another pastor. And the guy's like, all right, so your total today is 10 bucks because I'm a member there, so we just had to pay for him. I'm like, oh, here, I'll cover it. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's 10 bucks." And I kid you not, the guy behind the register goes, yeah, he spends more than that when he goes to the strip club. <laughs> Oh, and so, well, this guy's a pastor. Well, then he's he's like, uh, oh no, and then and then I'm like, man, what do I say? What do I say? And I go, I go, you can't say that. He's my pastor. That's rad, <laughs> dude. He started he started like backpedaling so fast. He's like, oh, oh yeah, I guess that wouldn't be. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> And then and he's like, oh, we'd love if to have I were you. him, I would have been like, I would have pointed out the window and gone, look, camera. And then I would have ran, you know, pretend oh, like Godzilla's attacking or something. Oh, it was great, dude. It was so funny. And then Godzilla! he's like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you come back anytime, anytime. And I'm like, hey, he's coming back tomorrow. He's like, oh, well, you know, I'll be here after three. We'll set you up. <laughs> Just like, it was pretty funny, man. I was enjoying that one. I thought that one That's was good. awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hey, today's podcast topic is encouragement. Um, want to talk about encouragement. I just hit the mic. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. That's I all right. Just, I think I coughed into the mic at one point. So Yeah, know. I'm going to do that. You know when you got the little boxing bag? It's, it's our high-quality podcast that people have come to expect from us. I know. I, well, you know, I moved house, and I, I never put my pop guard back on it. Uh, so I'm probably pop, 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 popping. Here, here we go. It. Here we go. The Church Planner Podcast isn't the podcast that planners deserve, but the podcast they need. We know you deserve better. Trust <laughs> me. But this is this is what you need, and we're going to give it to you right now. So encouragement. I want to talk a little bit about encouragement. You know, we do this exercise. I mentioned that I have been training church planners, and we do this rad exercise, and it's called transformational training. And we talk about encouragement being given in a way that shapes somebody's souls. And, you know, I don't know. I'm sure at some point on this podcast I spoke about this. In fact, I have a feeling it might have been this year, but I looked through our topics and I couldn't find it. But I figured, hey, the verse in Hebrews 3.13 says, Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that you do not get hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Um, you know, when I, when I think about church planning, church planning is discouraging and is the opposite of encouraging, right? Um, you have your big launch, you know, for, first off, you gather your core team. Often not as many people you think are going to come. The people that you thought for sure would come. Maybe don't. People you thought would stay until the launch don't. Then the launch happens. You get a big crowd. <sighs> a fraction of those people come back. Um, of course, you can do all kinds of things, try to draw them back in. People try to get clever to get them back the second week. This is the deal for me. I don't dance. I read um, 
I read Jesus's uh, statements, you know, John the Baptist, Matthew 11, where Jesus says, hey, um, John the Baptist says, hey, are you the Messiah? Are you really him or should we expect someone else? And really, the the key was, here's John the Baptist in prison. He's going to be killed. Jesus isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be the great deliverer, the Messiah. And John gets in a little bit of theological trouble, like a little crisis of faith. Like, Jesus, are you are you really him? Because if you are, I mean, and, and Jesus gives them the response, go tell them what you've seen and heard. Go back and tell John. The, the, the lame are healed, you know, they're walking, the blind see, the deaf hear. Um, tell them those things. And then he turns to the crowd, to the audience, and says, you know, John the Baptist is the greatest prophet out there, and yet blessed is he who has not stumbled on account of me. Like, in other words, John the Baptist has stumbled because Jesus isn't meeting his expectations. And, you know, we have that today, but that, that's a whole other story. But sometimes that's kind of the position that a church planner gets into. He gets into this position of, hey, Jesus, I left my family and I planted this church and I'm doing all this. And you're not showing up and doing what you're supposed to do. I read Mark Driscoll's book. I read, um, you know, Bill Hybels thing. Where's my mega church? Where's all these people falling on their knees and crying out? I read Acts. Why isn't that happening? And we can have a whole bunch of expectations aren't being met. And then we say to Jesus, like, what gives? What's going on? We could even be like where Jesus is sleeping in the boat while while the storm's raising, going, hey, don't you care, Lord? We're going to drown. And so what I love is Jesus turns back to the crowd, and he goes, let me tell you what this generation's like. He goes, they're, they're always wanting me to do something. He goes, you know, they're like, and he, and he quotes a, a children's proverb, a little song that they would sing. It says, we, we played a, 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 a jig and you didn't dance for us. We played a dirge and you didn't mourn. And Jesus basically is telling him, I'm not going to dance for you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. And then he goes on and gives this whole talk in Matthew 11, but, but I love the fact that Jesus turns a crowd and says, I'm not going to dance. And, and I think that right now what we have is people think, oh, well, I don't want to see a bunch of people not return like they did when Jesus fed the 5,000. Um, when it actually comes down to the message, I think church planners need to have a strong, um, backbone. They need to have a, um, a, a strong sense of mission and purpose. And guys, it's going to be hard. If you're doing it right, it's going to be hard. And there's going to be times where you get discouraged, kind of like Spurgeon, when they said, do you ever think of quitting? And I think this is the quote I quote more than it, because I find this encouraging. And Spurgeon himself, when they go, have you ever thought of quitting? And he goes, about every two weeks, you know, twice a month. Once a fortnight, he actually said, but Americans don't know what that means. Mm. Fortnight means a two-week period. And and so if Spurgeon, you know, thought of quitting all the time, then you're going to think of quitting. And then here comes that verse Hebrews. It just says, and by the way, the, uh, let me tell you wh- what he was writing into. The writer of Hebrews was writing into a time where these guys were outside the establishment of the established church. They were meeting in homes. Things were hard. Anything they did, they met with public persecution. And into that mix... The writer of Hebrews says, encourage one another daily 
while it's called today. So the exercise we do is we sit around, and you can do this, by the way, with your with your um, core team. You can do it with your leadership. You can do it with your elders, and pick apart that verse. What the first thing we do is we say something like, um, "I say, hey, what what's the gist of that passage?" And you know, I try to drive them towards the fact that in that passage, Hebrews Hebrews three thirteen. He, there's an urgency there it, where it says, you know, as long as it's called today, encourage one another daily. And I ask him, like, is it weekly? Is it monthly? And then I ask him, you know, how would you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 as an encourager? And normally guys are like, ah, I'd probably be like a five. Guys might say six. Sometimes guys might say seven. And then we start to unpack what stops us. And a lot of the, you know, I'll ask you, Pete, um, why do you think that we don't encourage people as often as we could? Do you ever think about that? No, I don't because I don't think about encouraging people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest about it, I'm like, you know this, I'm not a people person. I'm a hermit. And (laughs) as a general rule of thumb, that means like I don't really want encouragement from people and I don't yeah. really want to not give encouragement, but I don't really want to talk to people. So encouragement isn't the first thing on my mind, but it was funny when you were talking, cause I was thinking, you know who I'd think of when I think of a great encourager, I think of uh Kirk mm-hmm. Overstreet. Oh, oh okay. no, right. I, I think of Kirk Overstreet. Cause I just look at everything that, that he does like in social media, every time he meets with someone, he just, he just seems like a big encourager, and I could be totally off, right? Because it's not. No, like I no, you're right, well. dude. In fact, but, um, he was at he was at that church planner we were talking about. He was at his launch, um, I mean his anniversary, and Kirk travels all over the place. Yeah, like he covers a really big area of Southern California. In fact, he was with me um, this past weekend. He was actually with me in this exercise. So I'm pulling him on board as a as a co trainer for that very reason. Um, that he is a great encourager that, um, that guy will travel a hundred miles to go encourage a church planner. That's who he is. Mm. You know, it's who his dad was. It's who he is. And, um, yeah, man. So you're right. You're right. He is. He's a great encourager. Um, so you mentioned like you don't think about encouraging people. And I think that's, that's a really valid reason. I think a lot of people just don't give thought to it. And then when they do, um, they, uh, you know, encouragement can kind of be a, you know, people can be suspicious of it. You know, I would suppose that in your world, Pete, like, you know, people always want something. So there's that sense in the biblical sense where it talks about flattery, right? That uh, a guy who uh, Hebrews warns you, I mean, uh, Proverbs warns you about flattery. It goes, hey, don't be a flatterer or don't trust someone who flatters. Because often it's a sign they want something, and they're they're using flattery to get what they want. And so, in one sense, you got to kind of back up and unpack the difference between flattery and real bona fide encouragement. Is that is that something that kind of in your world does that you know kind of win friends and influence people kind of? Well, deal? <clears throat> yeah, like. I think uh, I think it would be incredibly beneficial to be a good encourager because I think you would take on a different uh, tone with people. Like right. with me, everything's business, and I would say that that's not 
necessarily the best position to be coming from because then everyone's always thinking, okay, he's out for the deal. You know, he's out to make the sale. He's out to get the whatever. Right. Um, but if you're just like always encouraging, um, one, I think it's good for employee morale, which don't tell Travis that because he'd tell you I'm a horrible encourager. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but I think, I think that that's, that's a, uh, I, I think if I had that skill set, it would it would be incredibly helpful in business. It would, and and one of the things that we we teach with church planners, and by the way, the reason this is important, guys, is um, you know people aren't getting encouragement, right? Like it's just not there. Like when he says, like, so that you're not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Um, what we talk about is those are those are like the lies that you're constantly getting. Think about it as a church planner in your context. It's it's lies like you're not doing any good. Why are you even bothering? You know, and that's all coming from Satan. I mean, all that stuff. You know, if you're there preaching the gospel, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're outreaching. You're praying. Like sometimes you just aren't doing the right things. Like that. I mean, the, it's not rocket science in the Bible, but sometimes you are. And you're sowing and you're watering, but you're not reaping a harvest yet. And in those cases, the Bible says endurance. But in those times, we are open to the discouragement from the enemy. And he comes whispering. And, and Paul talks about this, you know, the uh, the fiery darts of the enemy. I mean, all those kinds of things, discouragement. And so the Satan never stops with discouragement. You know, all you got to do is drive down your, your, your freeway or your, your city and just looking. If you got your eyes open, it can seem overwhelming. It can seem discouraging. You know, when you go, I'll never forget that day that I drove into church and, um, I was ready to shut the whole thing down in my church plant once upon a time because I forgot my notes. No one was in the parking lot. So I, I was just under a black cloud and it was spiritual. It was spiritual attack. And when I got there, everything I saw just exacerbated it. And I, I, I didn't believe in beating the sheep. So it wasn't like, Hey, bring your people. In fact, the one time we've talked about this, the one time I did kind of give them a message like, Hey guys, you're missing huge opportunities for people to come to faith. And that church became a gospel sharing church. Um, it, we had explosive conversions at one point. Um, the the reality is I, I made like six dummies and sat them because we sat in little small groups. I sat them in the chairs. So I made one woman in a burqa. I made another guy with a hoodie. That's kind of like a thing in Britain. Um, <laughs> they call them yobs. But, uh, you know, I made a skater kid. I made – it was rad. And people came in and sat down. And I'll never forget our leadership team was stuffing these things on Saturday night, laughing our butts off, making dummies. So that when people sat down, there's small groups of eight to nine people, they'd sit down and get shocked and be like, oh, my gosh, you know, like because they'd go to say hi. And what we told them was, hey, these are these are people that are out there today. And when you see this empty chair, just know like those are people, you know, who need the gospel. And we're not saying you got to bring them to church, but we're just saying, like, God's going to fill these chairs and he's going to use you to do it. And, and, and so again, I'm not about filling seats with butts, but again, when you're looking at empty seats, it's a little discouraging. And so during those times, um, think of it. 
how much encouragement are you getting? You're getting constantly bombarded by discouragement because Satan knows if he can discourage you, he can disable everything else. That's the only tool he needs is a tool of discouragement. If he's successful with that tool, nothing, you know, that's, that's all he needs. He just wants to get you to quit. So with that said, if Satan is nonstop broadcasting discouragement 24-7, not only do you, church planner, but your people, suddenly the urgency becomes apparent in Hebrews, where he says, encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. And what I like to tell people is, like, say, when's the last time you got some encouragement? Right? Like, when's the last time someone actually looked at you, saw who you were? And this is what I was saying. This is what real encouragement is, kind of like you said, Pete. That the tone changes, the nature of it changes. Um, you feel cared for. You feel like, and, and and there's a big distinction too. You're you're praising them not for what they do for you. Like if I'm a church planner and and I'm like, oh, I love the way you pour coffee and you're serving. You know, you're always serving. Um, really, what I'm saying is, glad you're here. You know, because you're, you're you're doing all the stupid stuff mm. around here that keeps the machine running. And I need that because, you know, I'm, I'm on stage doing big boy stuff. And, uh, that's, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about seeing something in somebody that God has put in them. It, it may be serving. It may be that you're recognizing a spiritual gift, but I think they're like these Holy Spirit moments where you see something in somebody and y- you encourage them. As we say, we say in a way that shapes our soul. It changes our destiny. You encourage them in that in a way that helps them see something they never saw before. In other words, it's something in them that they never knew. You know, I didn't come into the idea that, hey, I'm an apostle. I had a guy sit down with me when I didn't even believe it theologically. And I told him, I'm sorry. You know, it's kind of like those old 1950s pictures where the guy's got his hand up. I'm sorry, but I don't believe that sort of thing. He said, you're an apostle. I'd started the the church in the Starbucks. And he goes, you're apostolic. Wherever you go, he goes, I bet you that if you go back and look at your ministry, you don't stay in one place long. He says, you get bored and you're always on the front line. And if you're not, you have a, a journey where God got you on the front line and you always were rubbing shoulders with non-believers. And you start things. Every time you go somewhere, you start things. And I go, huh. <laughs> so I had to go back and think about it. And uh, the more I thought about it, I started, that That was the start for me of, A, changing my theology. As I started reading this, I'm like, could this be? Because he's right. I heard I thought I was like this problem kid. You know, like, why can't I just get on in ministry like everyone else? And, of course, I channeled all of this into Church Zero. Uh, relatively young in my understanding Cha-ching. when I wrote Church Zero. Cha-ching! And that's where people go, oh my gosh, dude, you put into words what I've been feeling for years. Well, because I put into words what I've been feeling for years. You know, but uh, but it took somebody else to see something in me that I hadn't seen myself. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I, I remember doing this for you, though, Pete. Like you, you have the gift of compassion and the gift of helps. I don't know you, about that. Well, you do, and, <laughs> I don't and know you about will that. help the underdog. 
you always go for the underdog. You Everyone roots for the underdog. Well, of course, but not everybody roots for him. Not everybody helps him, and you help him. And that's, you know, in accordance, it's, it's not surprising. A sovereign God, knowing the outcome of your life and what you were going to do and the skill set and the gifts you were going to have, gave you that spiritual gift that was going to align with your uh, profession, your lifestyle, in a way that made you somebody who is able to give more. Kind of like Paul says in Corinthians, those who make more are able to give more. And, uh, you know, but but I remember seeing that in you. I was like, dude, you have the gift of ching-ching-ching. And it's not just in people's gifts. Um, one of the things that I ask people to do is I say, think of the, the, you know, when I say, when was the last time someone encouraged you? For preachers, it means nothing when someone comes up and says, hey, good sermon, pasta, good sermon. You know, it means nothing. It's just like water off a duck's back. But if you have someone come to you in tears who says, you know, when you preach, I don't see you anymore. I see Jesus. I remember a pastor's wife coming to me when I was guest speaking once. She came up to me in tears in her eyes. And she said, I was worshiping and I looked over at you and I saw you deep in prayer before you went up there to preach. She goes, I knew. And she's like tearing up, crying. She's like, I knew that you were seeking God's face. Mm. And she's like, thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. And and it was almost like for her, I, I could play it out. I could play out that for her, probably at a certain point, she started to get discouraged, started to feel maybe preachers or performers or, you know, getting... And and for whatever reason, I mean, really, I you know, I told her, I said, it's because I was scared out of my mind. I'm scared every time I open my mouth to preach a gospel. I'm scared every time I mount a pulpit step. Now, other people would be, like, shattered by that. Like, preaching is one of my strongest gifts, and yet I'm terrified, you know? I'm on the thunder bucket way too many times on a Sunday morning. My nerves, my adrenaline, devastated afterwards, I mean— it's a deal for me. And, uh, but yet, you know, that wasn't good Soyman pasta. That was, that was something that I've taken with me. And there's not a time that I don't go to preach that I hear that encouragement. And it reminds me, get on your face hmm. before God, before you even dare to mount those pulpits. You better make sure because there's someone out there who needs to hear from him. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. It, and it and it's the difference. And I and I think when Hebrews says, um, encourage one another daily, it's because I need encouragement daily. You need encouragement daily, right? You need to be encouraged with the gospel that God loves you. I mean, there's all different ways. It, like if I just talk to you, and we've done this before, where I've just like I remember at times there's times I've just preached the grace of God to you before we've hopped on a podcast. Don't do it often enough. But literally this morning, I wanted to encourage you about a way that you could be used on the gun range, you know, because I know that's your hobby right now. And I know you. I know every time, even though you say you're not a people person, God uses you, right? Just just like with, with Wayne. You know, he comes to faith. Well, like, you know, I, I will say this. I may not be a people person, but us gun people, we like each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. But that's. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if people at the gun range come to faith. 
you know, and I'm sure there are a lot of Christians that go there, you know, gun toting Republicans, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, <laughs> come on, let's be true to the stereotype. Um, but you know, there, there is, there's a need, like the gospel needs to go there. You're not there by accident. And so for me, that's what God's just telling me right now is wherever you are, just spread the fragrance of Christ because I, I will be church planning again, but, but God very clearly said to me, wherever you go, dispense a blessing, leave something, deposit something, leave like it doesn't matter if it's just telling someone God loves them. It doesn't matter if it's just, you know, it, whatever it is. It might be because for me with non-believers, it can be a prophetic word, but that's the encouragement that shapes somebody's soul. And sometimes when I'm leading these groups, I've done this talk like a million times, right? It's in a small group setting. We break up into groups and we do this. Sometimes I'll, I'll, if, if I feel that people are having a hard time grasping it, I'll tell them, well, hey, let's, let's put this on the other foot. Let's talk about a way that you were discouraged. Um, let's talk about something that somebody said to you that was like one of those burning arrows that just lodged into your back. And it still smolders there. And you can't, you can't escape it. It's just, it's just lodged there. It's like a, a, a thorn in your side. And whatever that person said, as stupid as it may be, comes back in your head over and over and over. And man, I tell you what, that's like time to hand out the Kleenex because that's when people start getting into some, some deep wounds, right? And, and they see that discouragement is powerful, right? <laughs> And, and encouragement can be just as powerful. In fact, it's why it's so necessary and so needed is because of the power of discouragement. And I'll have guys just mention, like, it's some heartbreaking stuff, man. It could be something a teacher said. It could be something their dad said, their mom said. It could be something a sibling said that just struck struck a chord and wounded them. Um, it's crazy could be something a minister or a trusted leader said that just has over the years um, been something. And I, I remember when I was early in ministry, there was a guy who was very dysfunctional that uh, got removed. And he was the, the college pastor. I ended up taking his his slot. And, um, and I'll, I'll never forget, he, as a parting word, um, just made a, a, an accusation and a dig at me. That was almost like, it was like an omen. It was like on his way out, Peyton Jones, you will be a man that boom, 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 boom. And it was, it was damning. It was utterly and completely damning. And that thing had a demonic stronghold on me for mm. years. None of it ever came to true. Uh, and gosh, that was like 91, 92 maybe. And we're, uh, 20, 24, 25 years later and, uh, or more. And, uh, yeah, it hadn't been true, but gosh, for years that comment plagued me. I don't even remember what it is now, praise God. But uh but it spoke death, man. It spoke you know, here's the other thing too about in encouraging people. When you go out of your way to encourage people, because we're not a society that encourages people, and I'm Obviously, you're talking about myself here, right? I've already admitted I'm not an encouraging guy. It's all of us, man. But it has a huge impact on people because you're like, wow, this dude is genuinely like there's no ulterior motive, 
Right. They're not trying to get something out of me. Yeah. And that has I, an impact on people, especially I, if like you're thinking about your core team, your spouse, yeah. you know, all that stuff. I mean, it has an impact. That's, that's true, man. That's 100% true. And I think people feel the love of God in that because the love of God is like that. It's just freely given with nothing, no ulterior motive. You know, it's not like, okay, now lay one on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think about me? Now, how, now, how good am I? Huh? Huh? How good am I? <laughs> yeah, I think I think people, you know, distress it. We were talking funny enough about, you know, how people say appreciate you, man, and how, you know, I'm always tempted to knock that. And I got some pushback and I had um another pastor planner friend of mine here who was on my team. He was sitting in on that session. He goes, I don't know though. He goes, That feels pretty good. When someone tells me they appreciate it, as general as it is, as non specific. He goes in 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 the desert, man. That can even that can be an oasis. And I said, yeah, you know, interestingly enough, it depends on the source, right? Like uh, <clears throat> he um, he told the story. Check this out. There was a guy's businessman, multimillionaire, yada yada, and a pretty important dude. And this pastor wrote him a little note, just something real like a card with like two sentences on it. Hey. Just want to let you know, really appreciated um, your blah, blah, blah. And I want to let you know in general, I appreciate you. It was real general stuff, but when the pastor went to this guy's office, he walks in and that card was framed on his desk. Hmm. And it wasn't, it was just, and I, and I said, man, that, that just tells you right there. It's the source. And for us as leaders, just even the fact that, you know, sometimes it's like when a guy's dad says, you're a man. You know, the guy next to you could be like, you're a man at the gun range. And, it, you know, you're like, yeah, I am. But, you know, it doesn't. But when your dad looks at you, puts his hand on your shoulder and says, you're a man. You know, one guy mentioned that is that was his that was his, like he goes that day, it was like official because my dad said I was a man. I was a man, you know, and um, and I think there's also at times it's the source, right? It's who says what as well. And that story about that guy with that, that sign on his desk, you know, that really touched me because even though it was just a, hey, I appreciate you, it's pretty powerful in that dude's life. Yeah. He kept that on his desk. Who knows how often he looked at that and thought, hey, keep doing what you're doing for the Lord. Remember that that um uh that that scripture where he says, you know, don't become weary in doing well, um, for you will reap a reward if you don't give up. Then there's another one that says, you know, the Lord sees, Paul talks about, and he says and he he um you know, he rewards, uh, there's constant admonitions to rewards for God seeing things done in secret. Um, you know, all those kinds of things. I wonder if that guy, you know, he, it was just a motivator for him, you know? Yeah. You know, the one that I always <clears throat> liked that I felt was especially powerful is, uh, <laughs> as odd as this might sound, I'll give you an example here. So one of my roommates in college was uh, a basketball player. And um, 
and he had an interesting life. Let's just leave it at that. He had an interesting life. <laughs> so one of the things that I would do is I would make it a point after each game is I would go up to him, uh, usually there on the court, and I'd go, hey, man, you did really good. I'm proud of you. And I'd always do that. I'm proud of you. Because that, to me, is like one of those powerful lines that like really gets to people. Because, uh, you know, you're taking pride in what they're doing. And, and a lot of times, like, if you don't feel like you've done that much, it even makes you want to do more, like makes you want to strive better. Cause you're like, man, dude, if they're proud of me for this and I don't really feel like I gave it everything, you know, I'm, that's cool, but man, I want to do more. Right. It just, right. It also helps spur you on. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. You know, there, there's so many different ways that you can encourage people. My favorite, um, though, my favorite <laughs> is, uh, I love you, man. <laughs> How did I know that was going to come? How did I know? <laughs> Dude, I had this one guy. He sends me the, uh, the, uh, gift receipt for the year. And, uh, and he goes, everyone else I wrote, I love you, but I won't tell you that. I'll just tell you, I really appreciate you or something like that. It was so funny. I really, 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 really like you. See, no, that would even be more awkward than I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Hey, Valentine's Day is coming up. You know, <laughs> we could uh, kindle our bromance by getting each other presents. I don't even want to go there, man. <laughs> That's why I said it. Just to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well. Guys, um, make the most of every opportunity. You know, sin is working overtime to discourage and harden people's hearts. And literally, your encouragement to others will literally combat the lies of the enemy with truth. Something you see in them that no one else in the world's going to tell them, but something that's almost like a prophetic word, like that word from afar that gives strength to the bones. That's what encouragement literally means it means to strengthen and bolster up and of course the uh, holy spirit that's his job right he is the helper which is another way it's a it's a parallel word to encouragement that the holy spirit comes along and encourages you know it's funny because if you read church zero you read about the prophetic leader i planted with a guy named jeff yes he walked pretty heavily in the supernatural without being a weirdo um, there was a rad balance in the church as it should be where it kept the, the prophetic guys biblical and the biblical guys, um, not just relying on their head, but actually expecting the power of God. And so here was a deal. Um, Jeff used to always say, he goes, I could tell when something's of the Lord. He goes, cause it's encouraging. He goes, even if it's a word of admonition, kind of like Jesus, where he comes in in, uh, Revelation two and three. He goes, he doesn't condemn, he challenges, and then he says to he who overcomes, he gives that kind of, you know, promise and encouragement and hope that you're going to make it, and this is the reward I have for you. He goes, I always test every prophecy by that. If it's not laced with encouragement before and after, like Jesus, if you notice, when he admonishes his church, he says, I see your hard work, I see these deeds, but this I have against you, and then he ends with encouragement, and and I've learned so much from that, that encouragement. Right now I'm reading a daily devotional, guys. If you can grab hold of it, it's Paul Tripp's Daily Devotional. Let me read the title because I can't remember it. It's just Paul Tripp's Daily Devotional to me. Here it is. 
It's called New Morning Mercies. I would advise every single one of you to grab that today, to go through it every single day. I am blown away by how good this devotional is. And uh, it's called New Morning Mercies. It's packed with the gospel. There's not a day I read it. I don't feel God is on my side and encouraging. Um, I go through it every morning with my wife. Um, she'll, she'll tell you I'm a liar. We do miss days occasionally, but then we come back in and we get so encouraged. So it's, uh, Paul Tripp's New Morning Mercies. Um, we go through it as our quiet time takes about three, four minutes to read through it, but it is jam packed with truth and it is so good. And guys, that's what encouragement is. You're not telling lies. You're not flattering people. You're telling them the truth of what's true about them that no one else is. And that's what makes it a prophetic word and an encouragement, something that shapes their soul, something when they're discouraged, they'll hold on to and it'll get them through. Tell you what, as soon as that guy told me I was apostolic and I knew, I'm telling you, it changed me. It, when I had guys digging me and other ministers stabbing me in the back, I was like, that's okay. I'm apostolic. Doesn't matter. They, they Of course, they don't get me. And trust me, any encouragement you give to people is going to have that kind of power to keep them going to keep the gospel being preached, to keep the scent going, and to keep the kingdom expanding. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. Um, before we end, Pete, do we need to talk about our last sponsor, or are we no longer sponsoring them? Oh, no, you can. Go for okay. it. Okay. All right. All right. I, I never know these days. But, uh, <laughs> hey, Pete, you know, with all that encouragement that you're doing, um, obviously, <laughs> you don't have time for anything else. Like, you know, Tax compliance, IRS statements, 1099s, 990s, 990EZs, um, donor receipts, bookkeeping. What do you do, Pete? I use SimplifiedChurch.com. What? What is that? I reach out to Josh Henry over at SimplifiedChurch.com, and I say, Josh, here's the deal. I need some help. Will you help me? And he says, not only will I encourage you, Pete. I'll take care of all of that tax stuff. And he does. He does. Yeah, they are awesome, dude. And they, they keep you, they keep you on track, man. It's the way to go. So, hey, um, guys, thanks for joining us today for the Church Finder podcast has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Walk on the road. Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish just like grape. Here, church planting. Same thing. Either you. Church planting do. Yes. Church planting do. No. You. Church planting do. Guess so. Just like grape. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church Planner Magazine.